see several hands out there. I know that there are a lot of people who aren't here because of it, too. Uh, it's going around. wasn't sure exactly how that was going to work with me sharing today, but praise the Lord, I'm doing all right. And um, what I'd like to share with you about today is, is Noah. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapters 6 through 9, and we're going to hear the story of Noah and uh, might have a few aha moments for you. Something that you hadn't seen before, something you hadn't realized before about Noah's life and, and um, the significance of it. We had a gentleman come from an uh, uh, institute called Creation Truth Foundation out of Oklahoma um, into Pella a week ago, a little over a week ago. And he shared a significant portion of um, what I want to share with you today. And, and the focus is about creation. We don't have to be ashamed or we don't have to be um, uh, feeling like we can't believe in God's word when it talks about creation, when it talks about uh, the flood, when it talks about how the, the thousands of years on the earth have, have come about rather than millions of years as we sometimes hear through textbooks or uh, other secular groups, organizations. But this gentleman, he shared a, a bunch about uh, Noah's story, about God's work in Noah's story, and I'd like to share that with you today. Turn with me again to Genesis chapter 6. We'll start in reading uh, verse 5. It says that, um, well, one, one thing I'd like to share with you first is the wickedness on the earth was great. Um, God was very displeased with what he was seeing with the human beings and with all of creation, the way it was going was not pleasing in God's sight. And it says in verse 5 that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of his thoughts of his hearts were only continually evil. And then God was sorry, the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. And so the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and bird of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. He goes on to share in uh, verse 5 or verse 9. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. But the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. That word there, violence in the Hebrew, is actually the word Hamas. Hamas. Imagine where you've heard that in recent days with all the tribulation in, in uh, Israel. And so there was, the earth was filled with all kinds of violence, and God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh will come before me, for the earth is filled with Hamas violence but says in verse 8 but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord the story we're hearing today is the story of grace of God's willingness to step out and grab a hold of one righteous person in his family and say, I will populate the rest of the world with you because of your righteousness and your goodness. 
Now, up to this point on the earth, we have had generations that are spoken of in, in chapter 5. You want to go ahead and throw that slide up there for me, James? I don't know if you can see this very well, but you can see the years of Adam, the years of Methuselah, Noah, Shem, and then the decline of human days, uh, the length of men's days uh, as it slowed down. But before that, man was living up to 900 plus years old. And with the 900 years old, they were having kids all the way up through hundreds of years old. It wasn't just like it is today where we have kids up until maybe 50 is more like maybe 500. And they had kids and they populated and they multiplied the, the man on the earth. And one of the things that uh, was shared was that the, the Christian scientists believe now that there was probably about 30 to 50 billion people on the earth when the flood, went, uh, when the flood came. Now, that's a lot of people. So the earth was populated with um, between 30 and 50 billion people. And only one called Noah was righteous. You notice in the midst of the elderly um, dates up there for the ages of the men, there's one that was quite a bit shorter, Enoch, who only lived 365 years. Enoch lived with God and was righteous with God, and then God took him. Um, I suppose it was at a time when it was starting to get very wicked because it wasn't much further on than uh, when Noah was on the earth and um, was found to be the only righteous one left. So Enoch was taken from the earth um, in his righteousness, and then just Noah was left. Hebrews chapter uh, 11, verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, preparing an ark for saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Noah stepped out by faith and did what God told him to do. And his righteousness um, earned him that privilege of, of being the seed to plant, to start the earth over again. Read in chapter 6, verse 3, it says, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Now, some people mean that to be there's going to be 120 years before God has the flood happen. And there's others who read that it's 120 years that man won't be able to live much older than that in humanity from that time forth. Um, there's... there's you can take it either way, but it was about 120 years before Noah actually came and had the ark built and God let the floodwaters come. So um, it's an interesting note there. Verse 14 through 16 shares this. He says, make for your, yourself an ark of gopher wood and cover it inside and out with pitch. That phrase there, cover it inside and out, cover it is like atonement. Um, in, in the Hebrew, it actually is a covering over, and it's a similar phrase to what they used when they spoke of atonement. And so the pitch was all over the ark to keep it from uh, leaking, from having uh, water seep in. And this is, you shall make it, a length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, 
with the width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. And you shall make the window in the ark, and you shall finish a cubit from above uh, to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark on its side. Now you notice also there was only one door into the ark. So when you go to the Creation um, Museum over in uh, Answers in Genesis, where they've got the ark built, they have some doors down lower. That, that's just so that we can get up in there and see what the ark would have looked like. There was actually only one door to the ark. Just like there's only one way for salvation for us today, there was only one way for salvation for Shem, Ham, and Japheth, for Noah and his wife, for all of the animals. That single door, there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the door. Anyone who comes by me shall have eternal life. Um, we can take hope in that and seeing how God um, used this as kind of a four for looking at what Jesus would do for us in salvation. He used the ark in this manner. And so it took him about 120 years to build the ark, and he had his sons there to help him, along with their wives and his own wife. And they put pitch all over the ark, and it had one door. And everything... Uh, it says in the next verse, And behold, by my, I myself bring floodwaters onto the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which there is life, the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. There are some people who would say that it's just a local flood that the story is talking about, and it, it didn't really flood the whole earth. It only flooded a certain region um, because certainly the flood couldn't be that big, a global flood upon the earth. But it says here, everything on the earth shall die. That's pretty all-encompassing. And he uses that, that, that word all and every quite often when he's speaking of uh, the catastrophe that's going to be happening upon the earth. Uh, it says in, in uh, verse, yeah, here we go, verses 17 of chapter 8 or 7. On through 24, it says, Now the flood was great on the earth for 40 days. The waters increased and filled up uh, and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth, and the waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth. And the ark moved about on the surface of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth. And all of the high hills were under the whole heaven were covered. All of them. The waters prevailed 15 cubits upward, and the mountains were covered, and all flesh died, and all of the nostrils were the breath of life, all was dry, uh, on dry land died. So he destroyed all living things, which was on the face of the, of the ground, both man, cattle, creeping things, birds of the air. They were destroyed from the whole earth, only Noah and those who were with him that remained on the ark were alive and the waters prevailed 150 days. Now we'll go back to talk a little bit about the animals that went in the ark. Sometimes, uh, you want to go ahead and hit the next slide there? Uh, they had some pictures that, uh, I took some pictures of their actual models they had at the church and this was one of their prehistoric um, fossilized uh, fish and that, that had I wish I had a little scale for you to see, but that head was huge, just massive. Go ahead and hit the next slide. And there's a, 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 a 
Um, Tyrannosaurus Rex in the background, you can see its head. And then there was a, was that one of the Velociraptor there in the forefront? And, um, you know, we think about these animals and, and the reptiles and dinosaurs and things, how would they all fit in the ark? It's guesstimated that there's probably about um, 1,398 kinds of animals that were clean that needed to be in the ark, which would um, mean 6,744 animals were probably the clean animals that went on the ark because there weren't only uh, two of each kind of animal, which sometimes that's what we believe. But if you look here carefully, it says uh, in verse 21 of chapter 6, and you shall take yourself and the food, nope, oh, right before that, uh, verse 20, of the birds of every kind of animal after their kind and every creeping thing of the earth after its kind, two of every kind will come to you and you'll keep them alive. And you shall take uh, for yourself all the food that is eaten and you shall gather it to yourself and it shall be food for you and for them. And Noah did all that was according to the Lord. So Noah was in charge of the food. He had to get everything around that way. And uh, it talks about having two of every creature here, but there was actually more than that. If we read on chapter 7, it says, The Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. You shall take with you seven of each kind of clean animal, a male and a female, two of each animal that is unclean, a male and a female, also seven of each kind of bird of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of the earth. For after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth. In 40 days and 40 nights, it will rain, and I will destroy the face of the earth and all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to the Lord had commanded him. So Noah was 600 years old when this happened. And down in verse 11 says, uh, Noah was 600 years old in the second month, the 17th day of the month. On that day, all of the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of the heavens were opened, and the rain was upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, when it talks about the, the great deep was broken up, the great deep was broken up as similar in phraseology to the um, term that was used in Nehemiah, not Nehemiah, um, just a second, I got it right here. Oh, he, uh, nope. Oh, I can't find it now. Well, anyway, it's, it's similar in the phraseology to when, uh, the, before the, the mountain of God, when Noah was bringing down the Ten Commandments, and um, there was a division in the camp, and, um, and Noah said, everybody step back from these people, and and it says that the ground broke apart and swallowed up the people. It's a similar phrase that's used here when it says the earth was broken up. So we're talking about the ground was opened up and the, the lava flowed and the water flowed. And there was huge um, catastrophe upon the whole earth. Now we think about just one single um, mountain volcano that blew up when we saw Mount St. Helens blow up. That was just one, one mountain, and uh, ashes were seen all the way, you know, up to 800 miles away. Uh, there were ashes still an inch thick um, upon the earth, 
and that's just one hill. So when we're talking about the fountains of the deep blowing up and, and everything um, being um, broken apart in the, from the great deeps, we're talking lava, water, um, the, the hills were blown apart. That was huge catastrophe on the whole earth. And then it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, and the waters from above came down as well. And uh, the, many believe, Christian scientists believe, that there were, was a canopy of water that covered the earth and the heavens um, that fell down and helped to create the flood so that it was so deep um, in, in the way that it was. And, you know, I think that's also why the, if you go back to that first slide for me, James, if you go back to the, the ages of the people and how they dwindled after the flood, that canopy of water, they think, also refracted some of those harmful rays from the sun that would have aged mankind uh, earlier. And so the people could live longer with that there. When it's no longer there, you see the age of the people goes down drastically. And so the flood waters came upon the earth and um, the animals were brought to the ark and God put them on the ark and Noah had all the food for them. It says, uh, verse 16 in chapter 7, so those who entered, male and female, all of them, all of the flesh went in as God had commanded them and then the Lord shut them in. So that, that last door, the only door in the ark, there's a window in, in the ark up above, it says in here in the, description of the ark but there's only one door and the door in the side was actually put on by God and attached so that it was ready to go and if you think about it there's no other way they could have had the ark closed up the way it would need to be uh, without God's help and so God did this great thing in, in shutting up the ark and keeping everybody safe inside One other thing about the animals when they went on the ark, you know, you saw the size of those, the fish and the other dinosaurs. Those were full-grown dinosaurs. Um, now, there's some small ones, but there's some big ones. And you think, how in the world would they, everything fit on there, and how would they be able to keep them from um, causing trouble for one another? And I think that God took care of that detail. But I also think that, you know, there were a lot of young dinosaurs that were brought upon and a lot of young animals that were brought upon the ark in order for them to be able to fill the ark um, and they weren't necessarily this grand of a scale because um, we know that the uh, reptiles grew to be much bigger before the flood than they than they are now so the uh, animals that went on the ark would ha would have been most likely young not just because of the size but also because you need younger animals um, in a short period of time. Well, it, was a, it was a full year uh, for them to mature. You need younger animals to mature to be able to have babies because the whole idea was that the babies would come off the ark and they would be able to multiply uh, upon the earth. Well, they can't do that if they're old. If they're too old and they're past their reproductive years, it wouldn't make sense either. So uh, it was important to have the younger, smaller animals that could reproduce. And so Noah was 600 years um, when the springs came up and the, and the deep waters swelled and the rain came down 
and the people were um, covered and all flesh was consumed. And I, I guess the thing I'd like to share here at the end is God's promise. Um, he did tell them to, just like it said in Genesis chapter 1, um, when man and woman were, were formed in the ground, of the ground and of the, the rib, God said to increase and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, um, to tend the ground, to, to be caretakers. But the first command was to increase and multiply. And you'll see in verse um, Genesis chapter 8, verse 17, it says, Be fruitful and multiply on the earth. And again, God said it in chapter 9, verse 7, it says, And as for you, be fruitful and multiply and bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply it. And again, it says in verse 19 of chapter 9, And these were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. So we know that Noah was done having kids then, and it was only Shem, Ham, and Japheth that actually were the ones that populated the earth through their offspring. But when God says something more than once, you really need to listen. And when he says everything was covered and all flesh was killed and, and uh, it was over the whole earth, these are very uh, dynamic words that he uses over and over again and here to be fruitful and multiply. Um, and then the promise of the rainbow that God would never again uh, flood the earth is the next thing that's talked about here. God's great promise for us in the sky that every time it rains, um, it's a reminder for us that God will not flood the earth like he did this time. Um, one thing about that is some people say that it was just a, a local flood. Another thing that, that's kind of a, an argument against that is why would God put a rainbow in the sky if it was just a local flood? Why would he remind them that the whole earth was consumed and everything was destroyed with a rainbow just there locally unless the whole earth was destroyed? Because we see the rainbow all the time and there are floods all the time. We have floods over here in the rivers. We have floods um, and tsunamis that take place on coastal lines around the world. You know, those are all floods. Um, so God did not have just a local flood. He had a global-wide flood. And so that, that is the time period when all of the um, bones and the debris from the trees and the plants and everything was settling and forming the layers that we see upon the earth. It wasn't because of billions or millions of years of time. It was because of the flood. And the global flood caused all those fossils to be uh, fossilized. And some of them are fossilized quickly. And we know that because... They still have uh, the DNA on some of them that they're finding, some of the, uh, the large fossils from the dinosaurs, which is incredible to me because the, the DNA shouldn't have been able to be um, extracted from a dead animal who's been there for millions and millions of years. And so they're, they're finding up in the northern hemisphere, way up where it's cold, where things have been preserved for a long time, with some of the melting that's happened, they're finding dinosaurs um, and they can't explain how in the world do they still have flesh on their, on their, on their, um, on their being for the, if it's been millions of years. And so it's just incredible how God laid down um, the fossil record as we see it today. 
And we don't have to be ashamed or afraid of, of uh, answering questions of those who want to know what happened or, um, you know, when, when people talk about millions of years for the fossil record to be laid down, it's, it's just not so. And we have this here in Noah's story in the scriptures to help us to um, share that and how that has all happened and taken place. So, and so the promise was given. I'll close with this. The promise was given that God would never destroy again the earth. It says in verse 11 of chapter 9, Thus I established my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off from the waters of a flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, Let this be a sign, a covenant between you and me, every living creature that is with you, for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the clouds as a sign for the covenant between you and me on the earth. He says, it shall be that I, uh, I, when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between you and me and every living creature in all flesh. And the water shall again, never again, become a flood to destroy all flesh, and the rainbow shall be in the clouds. This is the sign of the covenant that will establish between you and me on earth for all generations. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we trust your word. We see in here um, a great many details of how you laid down the fossil record for us to see. That creation and the story of the laying down of the layers upon the earth through Noah uh, was God's plan all along. And Lord, we see that uh, when we look at the um, fossil record, we, we need not be ashamed to be creationists, to know that the world was created by you, sustained by you, destroyed by you, and then repopulated. And then you sent your son Jesus as the, as the great covenant that will save us from our sins. For we know that the, the sins on the earth are still here, but God, we can look to you and find hope. We can find rest. We can find the door that leads to heaven. For Jesus Christ is our Savior, the one who died for our sins. That covenant is everlasting. And so we have that opportunity to ask Jesus into our heart and into our life and to trust in him to be our Lord and Savior. And so if there's anybody here today that would like to um, say, I want Jesus as my Lord. I want him to be my Savior. And the God, God says it's, it's easy to be a part of his family, a part of the kingdom, and that is if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all the unrighteousness. And so today we have hope through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And so if you uh, have the desire today to ask Jesus into your heart, I strongly suggest that you do so. If you have done that and you would like to pray with um, with me after service or any of the other elders, um, we'll be here for you and um, walk with you through that. God, we love you. We praise you. Bless now the rest of the service, and may you be glorified and lifted up in all that we do and say. In Jesus' name, amen.